Welcome to the Wildflower Bee Farm Podcast. I'm Hank Sveck. This podcast is about helping you uh, learn and understand the different trials and tribulations of converting a 50-acre farm back to nature and a honeybee sanctuary, and how we struggle to continue to be servant beekeepers. Here's this week's episode. So, strong hives might have a poorer survival rate than weak or medium hives. I'm Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. So part of my role, and I spend a great deal of time reading research, and you probably know that last time I talked about this diathesis stress as a model that uh, we put up on um, ResearchGate, so please have a look. But I, I, I really wanted to understand this better because many of our strong hives, sometimes in the spring, you know, you have these hives come out, they start to forage and they just explode and you go, wow, that's a that's an incredible hive. It's going to produce a lot of honey. So sure enough, you maybe throw a honey box on it sometime in May or June and you it, they fill it up very quickly. They just seem to be exploding and you're just overjoyed by all these bees. And then as we move into the late summer or sometimes early fall, you go check the hive and they're all gone. Whoa. Now, surprisingly or not, Strong hives have poor survivability when they're strong in the spring or strong in the fall than hives who are weak or medium. And this is the research result. And I'll tell you the heading here if you want to dig in it, because I've read this article three times and it's a bit complex, so I want to just tell you where I'm at. I still don't fully understand it because they talk about a genetic environmental interaction which sounds familiar because of what i talked about now this was this was published in 2023 i'm going to send him an email and, and he's from russia there's two researchers mission and Mishina. and the title is survival rate as a parameter of sustainability of the honeybee population and bee colonies and what they learned was that Strong, there was a negative correlation between the strength of a hive in the spring and in the fall in survival rate, meaning that some 20 to 30 percent less likely that a strong hive will survive when compared to a weak or medium hive. Now, they based the, the classifications on the weight of the bees in each hive that they calculated. Quite an interesting study. So what does this mean for us? Now, I mean, you can go in and dig in why, and they talk about the genetic connection. They talk about the spring when the, when the bees, um, and they base it also, by the way, on the, the number of brood. So a lot of brood in the spring and in the fall, they said was a bad thing. Now, it makes me think of what's happened here on the farm, and sure enough, we've had a couple of really strong hives that didn't make it by late summer. Um... Many, I'm thinking of the ones who didn't make it, who were extremely strong, appeared to peter out about that time. Or early fall, we lost some more because of, could have been queen failure, but could have been this um, issue that they talk about in this article. What they do come out and talk about, however, is that there's a great deal of interaction effects, meaning um, the genetics interacting with what's happening in the hive, which is what's happening in the environment, and so on. So, um, you know, colony collapse disorder appears to be a very complex thing. It's not simple. It's not a, a quick kind of thing uh, caused by varroa mites in isolation. Uh, 
So when you think about this, what could be a hypothesis? And I'll just, this is a fairly brief uh, podcast because I'm just thinking this through, of course. But does it make sense when you have a stronger hive in the spring to um, split it a number of times to weaken it, to, to be able to pull out uh, some of that brood and, and, and start other hives because what will happen is you will weaken the hive by doing that. Now, the, the researchers, this was 2023, so I haven't read anything. I'm going to ask them about that, about possible methods for, I'm going to email them directly and say, are there possible methods for this um, type of thing? And because there has to be some action. And what do you do in the fall? Because you can't split them. Um, and this makes me wonder, last time I talked a little bit about, you know, the extended warm fall we had, and bees continue to appear to be producing more and more brood. Uh, and in the one hive I showed, we call it my dad's hive, that uh, hive with the nail in it. If you've gone on our Instagram account or Wildflower Bee Farm YouTube channel, you've seen some pictures of that. I was going to put up some more videos of that hive where it was just exploding in, in November. Um, according to this research, they probably shouldn't, or, or the chances of them surviving are much less than if they hadn't had that. So it makes me wonder some of the hives I thought were 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 weak are actually stronger than or, or more likely to survive now last year i did have a hive like that i had a i had a um five five um frame nuke basically in the middle of nowhere um and when i went to check it in march it was very very light i opened it up and the bottom box was completely empty and i went into the top box and there was probably two frames of bees left, looked a bit scattered, and maybe half a frame of honey. And this was March, and I'm thinking, this hive's not going to make it. Sure enough, it did. It not only made it, but it was splittable in the spring and went into the fall looking okay. Now, I don't know if it's going to survive, but what I can tell you is um, I, I, I thought there's no way. That, and I didn't feed them. I didn't do anything. I just left them. So... It makes me wonder about, I know in um, livestock or farm beekeeping, the, the philosophy is later in the early spring to put a lot of pollen, uh, artificial pollen in so that the queen starts to lay and they, they come out of the winter season just rocking. That, in fact, may feed into what these researchers talk about uh, of colony collapse disorder later in the season and poor hive survival. So I'm just not sure, but it certainly opens up a whole host of other issues. Now, the second thing I want to talk about in this, so that's, the, I'll just tell you, a survival rate as a parameter of sustainability of the honeybee population in bee colonies. If you Google that, the article will pop up. If you want to read it, it'll probably take some time because it's, I'm still working away at it, but more power to you. And then you can learn more about the genetics and the interactions and the complexity. But what I got out of it that will help me perhaps, is to really think about, um, you know, starting to label hives in the spring and fall as being strong or not, and just, just based on uh, hive activity, and see if uh, that makes any sense with survivability. The second article, and I won't get into details or quote it, I'll just, I'll just tell you it's a common theme we keep hearing about. Uh, in Europe, there was a researcher who went out and tried to understand, very much like Seeley's work, um, in uh, Cornell, in the um, area where he works, in the uh, forest, 
there where he discovered um, bees that survive varroa mites. And again, the European researchers seemed to reinforce what Seeley discovered was that wild or feral bees live in much smaller cavities and swarm more often, um, many times during the season will they swarm, which results in an extremely lower uh, varroa mite load in a survivability of somewhere between 70 to 80 percent, which seems to be the natural occurring survivability in healthy beehives, because when they swarm, they create um, substitutes or new communities, which are then sustainable. The problem with that, as I was thinking through it, is how do you balance that with livestock or farm beekeeping, where you need to have honey production as part of your economic survivability? And what's the balance? And it's probably likely that it would be important for people to be able to balance the necessity of hive survival and longevity and, you know, the appropriate size of the hive. And how to titrate or tweak the amount of, for example, honey boxes you add. Um, because as you add more boxes, uh, the bees work that much harder. And that in itself may lead to colony collapse or high failure, as we learned in the first article that I did talk about. So lots to think about. Every once in a while, I'll throw one of these up. I know for the next few weeks, I'll be talking about different concepts based on what I'm reading and trying to save you some time or pull out some articles. There are thousands upon thousands of articles published all the time on this area of honeybees and varroa and colony collapse and how we may be able to help them. I'm Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. You have an amazing day, and uh, spring is just around the corner. So if you're listening to this podcast, please subscribe if you can. Share it with someone else. Send in your comments. Go to wildflowerbeefarm.com. You can also pick up some swag, some things to wear, or, or go to our YouTube channel, Wildflower Bee Farm, and uh, subscribe. Subscribing is very important, and tell us how you feel about it. Have a great one.